Matthew chapter number 12, verse number six, the Bible said, but I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Verse number 41, the Bible said, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Father, as we bound the wonderful presence of God tonight, want to thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the cross of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Want to thank you for the resurrected Savior. Thank you, Lord, that you're seated on the right hand of the Father. Ever living to make intercession for us tonight. Lord, you said the Lord is that spirit. Help where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Lord, and I pray you liberate this place tonight. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you for the good preaching. Thank you for the good church and the good pastor. Now, Father, just for a few moments tonight, I pray you'd empower him and anoint me with the touch of God. I'd be able to exalt you and to magnify you and do my best. Lord, I pray that my vocabulary tonight, you'd help my heart tonight, you'd help my mind tonight. Lord, to exalt you, Father, like I ought to, and we bless you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. There's no way I could rightly preach everything about these three verses that I have read to you tonight. What I'd like to take time and preach about the temple and how that Jesus made the correct statement when he said a greater than the temple is here. And the only way that that could be is that he be the one that would have designed it and engineered it and everything in that glorious temple appointed to the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is greater than the temple. Amen. Then he said a greater than Jonah. Wish we had time to go to the book of Jonah and talk about how great Jonah was, how good the preacher was. But neighbor, he got his message from the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't make it up on his own. But then we got Solomon and the wisdom of Solomon. And Solomon got his wisdom and discernment from God. The temple was great. Jonah was great. Solomon was great. But the only reason they were great was because God made them great. And great God, if there's any great about anything or anybody. The source of that has to come from the Lord Jesus Christ. But I have to agree with the Lord when he made the statement a greater than Solomon is here. If you know anything, and I, I love that phrase, is here, present tense right now. You thought Jonah was good. You thought the temple was good. You thought Solomon was good. There's one greater than all that here. And the same God that said that 2,000 years ago, he's here in this place tonight. A greater than any problem you've ever had. A greater than any valley you've ever been in. Greater than anything you've ever experienced. A greater than any power you know, and when he said a greater that Solomon is here, it was the truth tonight. And if you know anything about the book of Matthew, you know that the theme of the book of Matthew has to be, and I'm not gonna be dogmatic about this. I mean, you get 15 different preachers and they'll have 15 different themes, but tonight I'm preaching the theme is the subject of God is here. He said in the first door, when you go on the front door of the book of Matthew, he said, call him Emmanuel, uh, be interpreted, which is God with us. And you'll find out in the first part that God is with us. You go to the end of the book, under the 
back door. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even under the end of the world. Red God. And you go through the whole house of the book of Matthew, you'll find out that he is there. I'm glad we've got a real God. This ain't a fake. This ain't a figment of our imagination. We have got a God that is with us, that'll never leave us, that'll never forsake us. And he is great. Psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. And just for a little while tonight, I'd like to preach on this subject on how great thou art. Praise God, boy. Man, I almost feel like I'm making an understatement of the world because he is great. My vocabulary is gonna fail me. My body's gonna fail me. My mind's gonna fail me. But if it ever dawned on us how great our God is, how good our God is, how holy our God is, how majestic he is, how glorious he is, how right he is. Maybe somebody might shout a little while on the greatness of God. Five or six simple things that I'm done. He's greater than Solomon, greater than Jonah, greater than the temple. Number one tonight, he's greater by far. He will go the distance. Neighbor, I'm telling you, have you ever thought about the distance that God went from me and you? Have you ever thought about the miles that he has traveled from me? You talk about going the extra mile. He is an extra mile God. Nobody ever went for us and did for us what Jesus did. Nobody ever went through for us what Jesus did. He is greater by far. He will go that distance and I can't help but think about dear sister Whittemore brother Dwayne Whittemore's wife she was at the camp meeting a couple years ago and she stood up and she asked me said John can I testify I said help yourself dear sister I'd just soon hear her testify as I would most preachers preach somebody say amen right there and boy she stood up and she said this is how I believe that it happened and she said it in a story form she said I believe one day that God the father looked over at God the son and said it's time and God the Son said yes. He stood up and took his royal robe off and put it on the royal crown and took on the royal throne, took his royal crown off and put it on the throne. And God the Father struck him up in the size of a seed that you'd have to look at with a microscope and put him on a little cloud. And the Holy Ghost left glory with Jesus and took him all the way under that Virgin Mary and placed him in the womb of Mary the mother of Jesus and for nine months she carried that baby she carried that burden and gave birth to our Savior and uh, oh then for uh, you don't hear much about him had to make a trip to Egypt had to run oh we talk about the wise men the shepherds he lived at least 12 and then we find a little bit about him when he told his mother wish ye not that I must be about my father's business and then we don't hear nothing else and he's about 30 years old and he goes to a wedding and they run out of wine now, I'm not going to argue about whether that wine had alcohol in it or not Jesus made it so it didn't have alcohol in it. Say amen right there. They wouldn't have to pay taxes under the IRS for liquor that day. Say amen right there. He didn't get that crowd drunk. He got them right with God. Can I get a witness? Wasn't no Budweiser. Wasn't no Jim Daniels. Wasn't no Jack Beam. It was just great juice. Say amen right there. 
And if you drink real wine in your communion, you'd be smart not to tell nobody around here, okay? Somebody say amen right there. Praise God, you will get the blue John preached out of you sure enough. But let's move on. I'm trying to exalt Christ. Beloved, he goes to the wedding. He does all the miracles. He raises the dead, gives the blind their sight. He puts the families back together again, walks on water. Then one day, he goes to the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed, had a burden on him and his sweat became as it were great drops of blood and then they took him to Pilate's judgment hall, Herod's judgment hall, I'm talking about going to distance, he went all the way Christ came to this world to die and before I get there May I remind every one of us that Calvary wasn't plan B, it wasn't plan C, it was plan A from before the foundation of the world. Before there's ever a sinner, there's already a savior. Before there's a problem, there's already a plan. Just well say amen right there. Great God and Jesus, he was took it and they beat him with a cat of nine tails and they spit in his face. They laughed at him, they mocked him, they blindfolded him, they buffeted him, they they should prophesy who in the world has beaten you. Then they made him walk through the streets up with a rugged cross on his back. He came into his home and his own received him not. He experienced rejection like nobody else has ever experienced rejection before. Neighbor, they take him up to that hill, they get Simon Serene, and they have compelled him to help bear the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. They take him up there, lay him on the cross, they drive the nails in his hands, they drive the nails in his feet. I'm gonna tell you something's wrong with us. When Calvary don't touch us, when it don't move us, it's the source of everything we got tonight. It's our hope. That's where we got saved at. That's where we get revived at. God for the cross and the cross and the cross where I first saw the light and the burden and my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. They took him. They nailed him to the cross. I'll be back to the cross at the end of the message. He gave up the ghost. He died. He placed his spirit in the hands of God the Father. Now his bodies went to the grave, his souls went to the heart of the earth, his spirit has went uh, to the hands of the Father. He went the distance, he stayed dead. Jesus just didn't pass out. He just didn't go into a coma. He died from the top of his head, of the bottom of his feet. His brain was dead, his heart was dead, his eyes were dead, his feet were dead. He was completely dead. He died, he died for me and you. Praise God, but that ain't the end of the story. Thank God some words in the middle of that. He took his blood to the third heaven, placed it on the mercy seat. Amen. That me and you could be saved. And then three days later, his body, soul, and spirit were reunited. He said, I got power to lay my life down. And he said, I've got power to bring it back again. And three days later, up from the grave, he arose. Yes, sir. Do you see the distance that God is all the way from glory to an old rugged cross? 
Oh, but that ain't it. And he shows himself to his disciples. There's God. He goes over there and cooks some little fish, shows up in the upper room and tells Thomas, hey, man, thrust for you, forth your hands. Hey, boy, Thomas is made a believer that day. Oh, man, he leaves out on a cloud. The Bible said it was seen of above 500 men. He said, I'm leaving out, I'm coming back. Amen. Then we go on down to the road to Damascus and Paul is there and God saves him by the grace of God. Can I fast forward about 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years in the future from Calvary? Has God, I tell you where he went. His little old church upon South Orchard Road in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And that God knows there's a little old drunk redneck gonna walk up in that place. And you know what Jesus did? He kept going the distance and he came down and he saved me by the grace of God. Amen, he didn't stop there. He saved me, he saved my brother, he saved my family. Thank God he's in the saving grace of God. Brother John, I've got family that's out there. I tell you, God is greater by far. He'll go the distance that me and you can't go. He'll go places that me and you can't go. He'll do things that me and you can't do. He's greater by far. I wouldn't never, I wouldn't never intentionally go to a party where there's drinking alcohol and doing drugs and living in sin. Would you? For whatever reason. Now, if one of my children got out in the world and they decided they was gonna go to a party, then that party's gonna get a visit from a very upset Baptist preacher, say amen right there. And I'm gonna have a Bible in one hand and a hickory in the other hand, and I'm gonna be preaching to that crowd and whipping the blue john out of my youngin' on the way out the door. Somebody say amen right there. That's what's wrong with this world today. Moms and dads quit whipping their youngins and took a Bible out of their hand. That's why our jails are so full tonight. And I'm preaching on how great thou art. And beloved, amen, but I tell you what God will do. He went to a party over there in Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar and them was a party in it up and my handwriting on the wall. He'll go places we wouldn't go. He'll go places we can't go. i tell you one just as good as that. I'll never forget one night up on the mountain we was a party for me and Matthew got saved and God came and convicted my brother. He started crying. I just thought he's drunk again. Oh, you know how it was when, when the old bunch of fellas get drunk. I mean they'll go to beating on each other. It's the dumbest thing you ever seen in your life. We'll go to we used to go to cussing each other and beat on each other, Brother Taylor, and then, and then we'd just take another drink and we'd get to feeling bad and we'd start hugging each other on the neck, wiping the blood and the cup we just put on our friend. And you know what we'd say? We'd say, I love you like a brother. I wish that wouldn't have happened. Well, we'd kiss, make up, go on, get up and go do it again the next night. Now, I'll never forget one night, Matthew started crying like a baby. He said, John, get me out of here. I just thought he was drunk, but he wasn't, he wasn't that bad drunk. It was the Holy Ghost of God dealing with him, letting him know he wasn't right, letting him know he's wrong. You know what I'm preaching on? That God will go the distance and he'll go places that me and you won't or can't go. No wonder we say how great thou art. It wasn't six months later, God got a hold of my heart and saved me. A few months after that, God saved my little brother Matthew. He'll go the distance. Then we move on into the future a little bit. The next main event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. Hey, but we're leaving out here like Superman coming back like a long ranger. Hey, Amen. I'm getting a glorified body. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. You're talking about a bad back. I, I, I have one every once in a while. Hey, Amen. But I'm still in pretty good health. But I'm still excited about getting my glorified body. I don't know what it's going to be like. I can't wait to test drive that thing. I don't know if I'll be able to leap 
over tall buildings. I don't know if I'll be bulletproof, but one thing I know I will be, I'll be glorified. I'll have a body that can't sin anymore. I'll have a nature that's not anti-God anymore. And God will be saved 100%. Amen. By the grace of God, we'll be in a land that's fairer than time. Thank God he's gone the distance. Right now he's prepared a place. He's got us a mansion. He's got us a home. He's got us a place to go. I'm talking about God has went the distance for me and you. My wife is good to me. I got out of the shower this evening, get ready to come to meeting house, preach the word of God. My suit was laid out. It was iron. My socks were laid out. My shirt was laid out. My tie was laid out. She said, you need to wear red, red, white, and blue. She said, you might forget to say something about Memorial Day, and I have up until now. She said, but at least look like you're honoring it, okay? So can I just put, push pause on the message and say thank God for our veterans tonight. You are a blessing. If you're anti-America and anti-veteran, man, there's all kinds of exits in this place. We'd love to see you get saved and get some help from God. Hey, man, but I'm telling you right now, we're pro-America, we're pro-life, and we're pro-veterans. Hey, man, and I'm pro-gun. Somebody say amen right there. Thank God. All right, push the pause button back on the message. Can I get a witness from some? Some of y'all might as well laugh. You ain't gonna get nothing else out of it, all right? And uh, But uh, he has went the distance. And I said, my wife had laid it out. She takes care of me. I mean, I have my clothes in the morning. I'll have supper tomorrow night. My wife uh, literally lives uh, to take her up her husband and her children. I tell you, as good as she is, she'll never compare to what God has done for us and what God God has prepared for us and the distance that God has went for us. He's greater by far. He'll go the distance. Number two tonight. Now I know I'm not expounding the text, but I am preaching a Bible message. We don't have time to expound the text. May we get a little simple introduction to whet your appetite. He's greater by far to go the distance. Number two. He's greater by fire. He's able to deliver. <laughs> Amen. I won't labor this unless God gets on me. But neighbor, we could go back and visit Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> Man, we could talk about that old king making that golden image, <laughs> making that music. <laughs> and uh, you know the decree that was put out <laughs> when the music's played, you got to bow down and worship. <laughs> Amen. Everybody in that place bowed down and worship. <laughs> but there's three boys that stuck out like sore thumbs. <laughs> Everybody else is, they said, we're not going to go with the crowd. We're not going with the world's music. We're not going with the world's uh, uh, preaching. We're not going with the world's uh, uh, sermons and messages. Amen. We have decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. If it costs us our lives, then we're going to go with God. And boy, uh, oh, they, they give them another chance and they didn't bow again. I like people that's made their mind up. Come hell or high water, I'm going with God. I tell you, that's what we need in our generation is a generation of young people that don't care to be made fun of, that girls don't care how to be called a granny, and boys don't care how to be called an old fogey. Just stay with God, stand with God, and if it's good enough for mom and daddy, then thank God it's good enough for you. Amen. So you know the story, they wouldn't bow. 
The old song said they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they wouldn't burn. And boy, they throwed them in the fiery burning furnace. And brother, they got, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd have been scared to death if that had been me, because I don't like to, I don't like to hurt at all. My prayer for years has been that God let me die in my sleep when I'm about a hundred years old in good health. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about, I don't want nobody to wheelchair me to my bed. I don't want nobody spoon feed me my food. I want to be able to cut my grass when I'm a hundred years old. Somebody give me a witness right there. I don't want to cut my head off with a chainsaw. I don't want to die in a car wreck. I don't want to die in an accident. I'm just, I don't, I don't like getting hurt. I don't like pain. But them old boys, they went in there. The only fear they had was the fear of a holy God. They didn't fear that wicked king. They didn't fear that crowd. They didn't fear getting made fun of. And boy, they fired that furnace up seven times hotter. You know what they did? They throwed them in. And man, when they got in there, they got to looking around. There's a one, two, three, four. Wait a minute. Hey, they wasn't but three went in. You know what that means? That means God was already in the fire. Hey, Amen. Jesus was, oh, he's the fourth man in the fire. If I could sing tonight, I'd sing that old song, he's still in the fire. It makes no difference what you're going through. It makes no difference what valley, what storm, what kind of fire, what kind of the world's put the heat on you. Man, they trying to shut you down. I'm trying to stomp you out. I'm glad there's a God that'll do like Paul said. He said, all men pursue me. He said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Great God, he will not leave us. He's greater by fire. He is able to deliver. I don't know what you need to be delivered from tonight, but he's able to do it. <laughs> and they come out and didn't even have a smell of smoke on them. <laughs> That'd disqualify some. Say amen right there. <laughs> Woo! Can I get a witness right there? Amen. He is able to deliver thee. I mean, great God, it is right. I mean, they didn't hurt. Matter of fact, the only thing that fire burned up was where they was bound up. I tell you what the fire do to a real believer. It'll set you free. It'll liberate you. Have you ever wondered why somebody that's going through the fire is able to shout like they do, able to worship like they do? Man, I tell you, last year, I don't know, my last year, I have seen more suffering than I have ever seen in my life. Uh, beloved, I tell you, I got a phone call here a couple of months ago and, and a dear friend of mine, young preacher, his, his, his daddy and, and, and took care of his sister. But long story short, that young preacher called me up and said, Brother John, pray for my family. My daddy babysits my niece and my nephews. And my daddy took my little two-year-old nephew back home the other day and put him in the house. And he left. And as he got in his truck, he put the car in reverse and got in that truck, put it in reverse and backed over that two-year-old baby and the baby died. And I immediately sent word, you tell that man we're praying for him. I guess about last July, somewhere along in there, I was Friday morning, I got a phone call from my wife. She was crying on the other end. She said, John, she named the couple. She said, John, they had a trailer fire last night. And she said, I'm already packing the bags. She knowed I'd probably want to just drop everything I was doing and leaving. And uh, while I was on the phone with her, 
found out that man and that wife had had two little girls and a little boy and, and one of the babies seven, four and two or three years old one of the babies had died in the house fire and I got the particulars how that how the, the daddy had to jump out a window and jump through another window cut the main arteries in both his arms and long story short I rode up on that Monday and I had prayer with that mother while she was unconscious and had prayer with that dad as he was bandaged and had his hands on his head saying I, I, I wasn't nothing I could do and I, on my way up to the hospital I got news that the second little baby had passed on and went to be with Jesus in heaven wasn't a few days later uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, other youngin had burnt 90% of his body uh, the little girl had died and now we got a mama and now we got a daddy that have lost all three of their children under a great tragedy and so I did I did what I think any preacher ought to do and should have done I reached out to him. I said, if you're up to it, our camp meeting is in about two months. If you'll come, I'll put you up, pay your way. You just come and let us love on you. We'll feed you three meals a day. Just come let us up. I didn't have no liberty to put it on social media that they were coming. I didn't have no leadership. Wasn't about to use it for a novelty to draw a crowd. That's ungodly is what that is. Brother Shane, you were there. We just got them in there. We're close to them. We're friends with them. That's what friends are supposed to do, ain't it? Brother Rochester, we loved on them. That man come up to me, come up to my brother, hugged us, tears running down our shoulders. We sit down. He said, thank you for the invitation. It was all I could do to get down here, but I'm, I, I was almost going to call you Ted. He brought his daughter that had lost her three babies. He's lost three grandbabies. And I tell you, we sit there and he wept and cried. Brother Dagenhart, that first service come around, I, I, I couldn't help it. I, I kept my eyes on him the whole week. I kept my eyes on his daughter the whole week. And I sit there and I watched that man in the first service. I watched him raise both of his hands up to heaven and praise God and worship God and exalt Christ. That daughter of his, that smoke inhalation had burnt her vocal cords and they said she'd probably never get to sing again. And I said, we're gonna make that a matter of prayer. She got up and sang with the youth choir like she had never missed a lick. And I'm talking about, I watched, yeah, they've had their bad days, yes. They've experienced discouragement and depression and everything else that goes along with it. But for just a little while, God pulled up beside them and God said, I ain't gonna let you go through this by yourself. I ain't gonna let you hurt alone. And neighbor, you better be reminded, it don't matter how hot the fire is, that's God's way of making a better Christian out of us and perfecting us and molding us and making us, he's greater by fire. How? The scriptural answer is this. For our God is a consuming fire. And fire ain't gonna hurt fire. He's greater by fire. He's able to deliver thee. He's greater. And we on and on we could go. He's greater by flesh. In this we see his deity. I must stop just for a minute. 
and remind every one of us that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. This crowd going around here, and boy, anybody that would say anything to minimize or degrade the deity of Christ, I say it without apology, they are heretics of the first degree. Neighbor, anybody that would preach, I I, I fought this battle, and and it's, it's not a hobby horse, I don't think, but when it comes up, I'm gonna preach it, and I'm not gonna shy away from it. Anybody that believes that Jesus could have sinned is a heretic, and I've sit down and I've talked to men and said, well, Brother John, Jesus could have sinned. I said, no, he can't. And I asked every one of them this question that believes Jesus could have sinned. I asked every one of them, are you saved? Are you really, I mean, to say that while well, Jesus didn't have the sin nature, he wasn't born with Joseph's blood. He was born with the blood of God. The first Adam was a living soul. The last Adam was a quickening spirit. That was God in the flesh. He couldn't have sinned. There was no guile found in him. He was perfect from the top of his head up the bottom of his feet. He was never, 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 never guilty of sin, nor could have he been guilty of sin. Never a man like Jesus ever stepped on planet earth. And never will a man like Jesus step on planet earth till Jesus comes back and lands on the Mount of Olives and kicks the Antichrist off the throne and runs him out and rules for a glorious thousand years with a rod. Amen. In the millennial reign. Amen. We'll be rejoicing. He is the God man. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost co-equal the triune being of God, the Trinity of God, we don't elevate one above another or put one below another. They are God. I mean, how in the world can you explain it? You try to explain it, you might lose your mind. Try to explain it, you might lose your soul. Amen, I've just made my mind up. It's a Bible doctrine. And like any other Bible doctrine, you've got to accept it by faith. He's greater. Hey, Buddha can't say it. Buddha cannot say that he had a father that sent him on earth to die for the sins of the world. Muhammad cannot say that he is the savior of anybody. He's greater by flesh. We see his de- He's greater by faith. He will not deceive you. You can trust Jesus. He don't lie. God cannot lie. You can put your faith in every word of God. It's true, it's pure, it's holy. God don't lead people astray. He don't lead them in a ditch. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. It is stepping out on the written word of God and trusting what thus saith the Lord. This Bible's got the answer for every question we'll ever have. This Bible's got the solution for every problem you'll ever have. I'm telling you, he's greater by faith. Go ahead, put your faith in Buddha and see where that gets you. Go ahead, put your faith in Muhammad and see where that gets you. I tell you, put your faith and the Lamb of God, the love the Lord Jesus Christ, and find out where that'll take you. It'll take you to a land's fair than day. Thank God the Bible still says that the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He's greater by friendship. He won't let you down. <laughs> Has anybody ever had a friend like Jesus? 
Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Somebody in here tonight, you may be wondering whether Jesus loves you or not. He does. Some of you girls, isn't it funny how girls always get, get on this love stuff quicker than the boys do? My boy is 15 years old now. When he was a little boy, he was the president of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. <laughs> he hated girls. Couldn't stand them. They had cooties. Uh, he don't believe that anymore, thank God. <laughs> I told him one day, you're going to grow up and you're going to like girls. He said, no, I'm not. I said, yes, you are. <laughs> I said, boy, you're going to grow up and you're going to start liking girls. He said, not me, daddy. I said, boy, if I got to beat you with a two by four, you're going to grow up and you're going to like girls. <laughs> That's a main rule in our house. We don't put up with these boys being sweet on these boys. Isn't it amazing how quick a preacher can get sidetracked? But you girls, you start noticing them boys quicker. And you'll see one, oh boy. And I'm going to tell you what, Hallmark ain't doing y'all no good. Watching all this Hallmark junk and all these heroes and everything and all that. And we want to watch a Hallmark movie. No, I don't. My goodness, it's always the lovey-dovey, mushy stuff, and you girls like it, and ooh, you get all gooey and all this. And I'm, man, let's go fishing. Forget this mess. And you girls will go out there to the field, and I don't know, you girls still do that? They used to do it when I was a little boy. They'd go get them a daisy. And they'd call out a boy's name. And they'd say, he loves me. He loves me not. It's going to land on he loves me not every time, okay? But you go to the field of the grace of God. Pick any daisy you want to. You pull that first pedal off, it'll say he loves me. You pull that second pedal off, it'll say he loves me. You pull that third, it's he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. They won't be one he loves me not in the whole field. Neighbor, I'm telling you, God loves you. And if you don't believe God don't love you, go to Calvary and look at what Jesus did for you. How to save you by the good grace of God. Amen. While we were yet sinners, God, God committed his love toward us. I shouldn't have to spend 30, 40 minutes an hour trying to convince somebody that God loves them. He does. He's greater, greater by friendship. He won't let you down. Best friend I've ever had. He's greater by faithfulness. He's dedicated. And then I'm done. Who you want to sing the invitation tonight, dear pastor? Sister Kim, y'all come get us a good invitation, please, ma'am. And I close with this simple little thought tonight. He's greater by finish. He'll do what he said he'd do. Boy, and I, boy, I tried. I, tr I tried. In my studies this afternoon, I tried to talk God into letting me just preach on this one point. Christ on the cross. Seven sayings. Three of them were in the light. Calvary lasted six grueling hours. That thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. 
Jesus said today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. They'd been on the cross three hours when he said that. And as soon as Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise, the lights went out. Four more sayings to go. And one of them that just gets my attention every time I read it. It is finished. We have no excuse not to finish what God has called us to do. I'm firmly convinced if he went all the way for us, then we ought to go all the way for him. If you don't get nothing else I said tonight, the pastor mentioned it. We're living in the last days. It's dark. But may I remind us that the greatest work ever known to man, the work of redemption, was finished in the dark. The lights were out. It was dark. Could nobody see nothing. Jesus didn't let that darkness. And in that darkness, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was forsaken of God the Father and God the Holy Ghost. You said Jesus paid it all a minute ago, didn't you? He did. He knows what it's like to be left behind by God. So me and you won't have to know what it's like to be left behind by God. He paid it all. And he finished that work in the dark and there may be somebody in here tonight that's simple, simple little old mountain preacher preaching a simple Bible mountain message. Just trying to encourage you to carry on and go with God. Maybe you need to get in this altar. Get you some help from the Lord. Let's stand all over the building as they sing.